Welcome to a Longer Table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. This morning, I have the pleasure of having one of my Instagram followers on the podcast. Her name is Haley, and she is actually tuning in from Hawaii, which I am so jealous right now of of the weather that you guys have there. Um, And Haley connected with me on Instagram, and she uh, decided that she wanted to come on a longer table podcast because she is a military wife, and we haven't had that perspective yet on the at our table. So, welcome, Haley. Thank you. I'm excited to dive in a little bit. I actually don't have any close friends who are in the military or who are married to someone in the military, so it definitely feels like an area that I I'm kind of ignorant in. Um, so let's dive. Let's start back to: Did you ever? Like, did you ever, were you the girl who like wanted to be a military spouse or was that ever a part of your plan or how did this come to be? So basically, um, I love anything to do with America, history, my major is history. Um, so I love just the idea of our military, but I never actually expected to marry someone in the military. And then During high school, one of my friends, um, her mutual friend needed a date to prom. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go to prom. And then I met my now husband in high school, and he was going to basic that summer um, after prom. And so it was basically one of those things of if I really want to do this, if I really like him, if I see a potential with him, then I'm going to stick through it. And five years later, we're married for two years. And with a four month old. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love that. That's so crazy. Yeah. What's your four, what's your four month old's name? Kate. She's a little sassy diva. (laughs) I love it. That's super cool. So you obviously meet, fall in love, you get married. Had he already been a part of the military or was that like happening all at the same time as becoming husband and wife? Um, it was basically starting whenever we were dating. Um, so he was in the reserves for two years. So starting, um, the summer after junior year of high school, he went to basic training in South Carolina, I think maybe North Carolina. I don't know. It all runs together. Um, he went to basic training and then he went to AIT the summer after that, which is just, um, job training basically for his MOS, which is his job. Um, so during that whole process, we were dating and then he decided to go active duty and he had to redo basic training and AIT again. And during the whole second time around, we were engaged. And then after AIT, we got married. Does that make sense? Yes. No, it does. Okay. (laughs) So when you said the reserves right away, like I hate that that people are going to know how ignorant I am when it comes to this stuff. But you know what? I want to learn. So I'm going to ask the questions. Are we talking army or the Navy or like what branch of military? Yes. Sorry. He's in the army. So he was in the army reserves and then now he's in the army active duty. Cool. Cool. Now I should have him on the podcast to ask this, but since I don't, and you're right here, I'm going (laughs) to ask you, what was his like main desire to go and serve in the military? Like what drove that or yeah. What would, do you know what he would attribute that to? Um, 
well, I can't really speak for himself, but whenever we talk about it and whenever I ask him, like, what have you always wanted to be whenever you grow up? He's always said a soldier. Um, he has just always wanted to wear the uniform and help people out, whether they know him or not. Um, he's always wanted to go to war. If that kind of sounds weird, but he's always wanted to protect the people that he loves at home, whether that's me and his kid or his mom and his dad and his brother and sister. So um, he's always wanted to be it. There's never really like a desire to be anything else. So mm. he's never really known anything else. Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. I love, I love that his desire is to like protect the people he loves. I I really admire that. Um, what has it been like for you? Like, okay, so this is probably a multifaceted question. Like, I'm curious how him being in the military impacts your marriage. Like if you're apart for months on end, if it's impacted the way you make decisions, obviously you have one child. Um, you already said that, but like, if that informed the way that you chose to, uh, like, maybe the timeline of growing your family. I I don't know, like how, tell me a little bit about it from that perspective. Right. So, um, oftentimes you see marriages happen really quickly in the military because there's only a short period of time where they can get married and the spouse can get on the orders and being on the orders is really important for them for basically the brand to pay for the other person to get to where you're going next. Um, So we got married pretty quickly and the military affects every single part of your life, um, especially your marriage. There's already a statistic of 50% of marriages fail. Well, double that in the military and there's so many divorces, so many remarriages, so many stepkids and um, just like a bunch of infidelity as well. Um, and that comes with all the trainings that they go to. They can be gone, at least with my husband. Now this is different for everyone, depending on their MLS. But with my husband, he's field artillery. So he can be gone for a month or so in the field and then be home for like two months. And then he goes away in the field for two more weeks and then he comes back. So it's a constant going and coming back, which makes you readjust your life and how you run your household and then how you run your marriage as well. And the hardest part in my perspective is keeping the connection between your spouse um, when they are away, because obviously it's easier to have that intimacy, um, the heart to heart connection whenever they're here, because you can have those conversations. They can see, you can see each other. Um, you obviously can have sex, you can be intimate that way, but whenever they're gone, you don't have that physical touch. You don't have that support. And oftentimes you can't talk to them for that long if they have their phone. Um, so that's probably the hardest part, but the best part is the reunification process. Um, whenever they come back, you have those few days to adjust to normal life again. And then a few weeks later they leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that led me to a, a like 20 more questions. So <laughs> first one, what's the longest he's ever been, a, that you two have ever been apart? Um, four and a half months. No. Okay. Yeah. About four and a half months. Thankfully, um, my husband hasn't been deployed. Um, now there's a lot of other people that, a lot of other spouses where their husband has been deployed multiple, multiple times. Um, 
thankfully that's not my case, but my husband has been gone for multiple trainings. Um, he at least is gone four times, um, throughout the year for a month or so. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gone a lot, even if he's not deployed. Yeah. Cause I definitely think this is interesting because I definitely think that I would, I would have kind of assumed or maybe put everyone in the same bucket when it comes to this, like, Oh, if you're, if you're a military wife, like you don't get to see your husband for like a year. I don't know. Like I would have assumed it's like crazy long, which I'm sure I know that those cases exist, but it sounds like that hasn't been your experience thus far, at least. Um, when your husband comes back, I guess again, because he's not deployed, this might be different. It might not apply, but I was going to, I was curious about the trauma and how that affects the person working in the military as well as their marriage. Because I know how trauma affects my kids and in our home, that's obviously a very big thing uh, that we deal with. And so I was curious, maybe this doesn't apply with the type of work that your husband does in the military, but has trauma been a thing that you've had to navigate and work with him and deal with? That's a good question. Um, I think with my marriage, we haven't had to experience the PTSD part of trauma. However, the military can be very evil. Like the fact that we have to have a military means that Jesus hasn't come back yet. Like they're like the idea of having a military to protect our people um, is evil in itself. So Mm. in the military, there um, is a lot of evil of alcoholism, bad leadership, um, affairs, like so many things that you can just go on and on about that are every day for other people. um, But they are exasperated in the military because you see it almost on a daily basis. Mm. So the trauma of other people going through these things, and then my husband bringing it back to us and talking about how our marriage is going to stay stable and on a foundation of Christ, even though all these things are going on around us, um, that has been really difficult. And we've had to figure out how to, I don't necessarily want to say be the light, but how to stand out from others in the fact that we're not going to go through those things because our foundation is in Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. It's really cool to hear you say that. And I want to press into that a little bit, not to like challenge you or interrogate you, but when you say our foundation is in Christ, what does that practically and tangibly look like? So, um, with our marriage, we, as a very beginning of our marriage, we have vowed each other to um, outdo each other in love. And I feel like that foundation, that quote, it's actually about verse, but I can't think of the reference right now. But it's what we have founded our marriage on because Christ is the one that has loved others that don't resemble him. And with the military, especially, you can feel that because you're not me, but my husband is going to go out and fight for people that don't know him. And so having the foundation of Christ, having to make sure that we are outdoing each other in love, that we out, are outdoing other people in love and making sure that our hearts are with Christ and our marriage is together with Christ, making sure that we are um, prayerfully on the same page, um, especially about our daughter now and how we're going to figure out um, the future. Um, 
it just basically all runs through Christ before it runs through each other. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. So it sounds like what I'm hearing you say, correct me if I'm wrong, is it's two individual relationships with God and then sort of this coming together and and not only living out um, this love that you are inspired by because of Jesus, but right. both like, yeah, doing that together. Um, yes. You put it so much better than I could. <laughs> no, no, I, not at all. I, I, I just, I'm always curious, um, again, not because I disagree or anything like that, but I just, everybody is different. And so like when one person says like, Oh, we have a foundation, we like have a Christian foundation or we try to have this, um, marriage that is God in the center. I, I always just want to dig in and be like, well, what does that really mean for you? Like, what does that yeah. look like? Like, cause I think a lot of people picture when they get married, if they're a believer and they're marrying someone who's also a Christian, I think sometimes it's easy to think like, we're going to have time to read our Bible together every day. And we're going to pray together every day. And we're going to do all these things. And so, some marriages do that and bless those people. That's great. That might be yours. Uh, that for a number of reasons is not my marriage. Doesn't mean we don't, don't pray together or we don't ever read scripture together or individually or whatever, but it's just interesting how the longer we're married and the more like curveballs life throws at us are individual faith and like the center of faith within our when within our relationship has shifted and continues to shift. I don't know if I'm even making sense now. No, you I totally get what you mean and that's exactly how I feel too. Like we um first of all, my husband gets up super early and I'm not about that. My daughter is going to be up like multiple times throughout the night if I am able to sleep. While she's sleeping, I'm going to sleep. So I'm not going to get up with my husband, go read our Bible together. Like that's just not practical for us. But we are going to have the hard conversations of you know, what does the Bible say about this or, um, about the future of, um, like our daughter and where we're going to go next. And, um, there's a lot of things in the air because the military basically controls our life. So, um, we can't, like, we have to be on the same page, but still have our individual face to like push us through that page. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious too. Obviously right now you're in Hawaii, which I can imagine you were like, I don't mind going to Hawaii. Like, I feel like that would be my reaction. Where do you think you'll go next? Do you have any idea or at what point, like, do you know, like we're here for three years, we're here for three months. Like, what does that look like? Cause I hate being in limbo. And the only part of my life that is constantly in limbo is like the foster care part of my life. But it sounds like a part of your life is probably always in limbo in terms of where the heck you're going to live. Yeah. Um, so with the army, at least you basically have three years wherever you go. Um, so right now we're in Hawaii and we will move next July. So July of 2021. Um, usually you get your orders or, um, like where you're going to move next six months before that. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, depending on your MOS, so your job, there are certain stations that you can go to. Um, so for us, we could go to Louisiana, we could go to Oklahoma, Kansas, Washington State, North Carolina. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of places. Yeah. Alaska, Italy. Um, you don't really have an idea. You can always give like your options. But 
They don't so really you, care. so you can share your preferences, but you're not guaranteed to get those. Yeah. You probably won't. Um, it's just kind of like a courtesy yeah. thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, part of me feels like that sounds exciting. I would love that. And another part of me is like, oh my gosh, uprooting and starting over and trying to build community. That would be so hard. What has it been like for you? Like, do you have other, are you, are some of your best friends also like military wives or, uh, because you relate on that level or do you just kind of maintain your friendships no matter where you move? And so like, you don't always have people right within proximity of where you're living, but you still have your people. I'm just curious, what is it? How does that play out for you with friendship? Yeah. So community, um, in the military is one of the hardest things to build because you are moving around so much and your timeline is completely different than someone else's timeline. So there's a joke. Um, as soon as you get close to someone, as soon as you make a friendship three months later, they're going to move. And it's really true because everyone's timeline is different. So um, usually you start out with like a big group of people that um, work with the military spouse or not with the military spouse, the person in the military. And then you get to know through, um, know people through that. And then you're able to figure out who your people are and who your friendships are. Um, But one of the big benefits of being in the military is no matter where you go, you have friendships everywhere. And the military is pretty small. It is a small world. So if someone that went and um, my, say my friend is moving to Fort Sill, I go, oh, I know so-and-so. Let me give you their number and y'all can connect. And that's a way community can help out. Um, community is really hard to develop, but once you develop it, there's like a groove that you can get into. And then whenever you move, you have to start all over. So that it's really um, mentally exhausting as well, but you have these distant friendships that help along the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I can imagine that for someone at least who does practice their faith, finding a church in whatever new place that you are planted is probably very helpful in getting some friends quickly. Right. Um, with our church, well, we haven't been able to go to church, obviously, because of the quarantine. Um, and then I also had a daughter, so we weren't able to like take her there until she got her shots. But um, with the church, you're able to have um, a community outside of the military. And um, with our church, they never had like a program or like a group where it specialized in the military, reaching out to the military. Um, and that was really refreshing because we don't want to talk about the army all the time. We don't want to talk about all the crap that goes through throughout the week. It's nice to have people that can relate, but it's also nice to have friendships that don't blossom because of the crap that you go through. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very interesting perspective. I think I can relate to that in the sense of appreciating different friendships for different reasons. Like I really appreciate some of my friends that I've met through a foster mom support group, but majority of our friendship is founded on the struggles that we're both facing in foster care. Sometimes it evolves well beyond that, but when it's just that, um, it's, it's good. It serves a purpose. Uh, but it's nice to have friendships that are built on other things that have nothing to do with that. So I totally hear you. Uh, As we wrap up here, Haley, this has been so 
honestly educational for me, so informative. What do you wish people knew about your life? What do you wish people understood about um, being a military spouse? Any anything goes. What would you tell us? I would tell people that don't really understand the military, um, especially Christians, would be to pray for your military that aren't deployed. Now, there is a time and a place, and you should always pray for those soldiers that are overseas fighting. But a lot of the struggle for the everyday soldier, the everyday um, person in the military, whether they are reserve or not, is all these evil things that come into the military that are exasperated. Like I said before, all the alcoholism, um, all the infidelity and affairs, just the um, constant struggle of creating connection is so difficult, especially whenever the parents have children. It's so hard to have your mom or dad leave. And then the child is saying like, well, where's mom and dad? And whenever they see uniform, they go, Oh, look, mom. And then that's not their mom. Um, just all these everyday struggles that go unspoken about. Um, those are things that as Christians, we should be praying for. But even if you're not a Christian, just to think about, and whenever you say, thank you for your service, um, don't just mean it about deployment, Mm. mean it about the, all those struggles that go unnoticed every day, all the loneliness that happen whenever um, your spouse is gone. Just the things that you wouldn't think about um, that happen in other people's lives, but are definitely um, showcased more in the military. Yeah, that is really good. I feel like this is definitely kind of just putting, honestly, anyone in the army, the Navy, the the all the different branches of military and their spouses and families top of mind, which is good. It's good to be reminded and refreshed about these people that are heroes in so many ways. They do so many different things that play a part in keeping uh, our world safe and functioning at, at as best as possible. Obviously, you know, we don't need to get into all the politics about how so many things are not right with the world. We're going to focus on the positive here, but, um, it's good. It it brings it back to the top of my mind. And I think also next time I do say thank you for your service or like on veterans day, when, when, when that stuff is more top of mind, I think this is good because it'll help bring me to, to remember, um, just one that everyone's story is different. So not everyone's being deployed, but that doesn't like lessen their contribution and your sacrifice as a family. So thank you yeah. so much. This um, I'm really, really glad you're at our table and I appreciate your insight and your wisdom. Thank you again for, for sharing with us. Yeah, no problem. It's been fun. 